1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Free Table Gamers. I'm your host Colin, here with Ashton as always.
2: Hey guys, welcome
1: to episode 31. Woohoo, moving, keep on moving on. Mm-hmm. All right, got kind of a lengthy one today. A bunch of stuff for you, so we may get through it all, I doubt it, but we can all be hopeful for it. <laughs> uh, starting off Microsoft versus Sony for the Activision's deal yet again.
2: Yeah, so as you all know, Microsoft and Sony are going at it for the Activision deals. Microsoft, of course, wants it to go through. Activision even wants it to go through, and Sony does not because they'll lose. They think they'll lose Call of Duty. But um, this was actually from last week, but Sony's current objection to the Microsoft deal is that Microsoft could release a bugged version of Call of Duty on just the PlayStation console just to sabotage PlayStation and their player base to switch to Xbox. Now, to me, that's just crazy. Could it happen? No, I don't think so. But... It's just Sony trying to, you know, keep the deal from going through. Jim Ryan, which is the CEO or president of Sony, even said in their court hearing in front of lawyers and judges that he doesn't want a new Call of Duty deal. He just wants to block Microsoft's merger with Activision. So it doesn't... To me, it doesn't really matter what Microsoft offers to... Sony, they're just going to reject it until the regulators approve the deal. And then once they approve the deal, then I think Sony will come crawling back to Microsoft and say, hey, is that deal still on the table? And if I was Microsoft, I would say no.
1: That's right. They're being Sony's being too whiny and too pay at this point. Right. It's a pointless thing. It's just take your loss. You've had it for the past ten years. Just pack it up, Microsoft is being like, hey, yeah, you can still have it, you know, but, I mean, technically they could release the buggy version to PlayStation. It's just a slight coding difference, but as far as it actually goes, it'd be kind of pointless and stupid, because you're going to lose money overall as a company that way.
2: Right, exactly, and that's just, like you said, Sony's being petty and just trying to say anything they can to when people on their side, the lawyers and regulators that can approve or disapprove the deal. And the way it looks right now, the way Microsoft is signing deals left and right Mm -hmm. for Call of Duty, it just looks like that. It's just gonna go through.
1: Yeah, it's just, and as bad as their Call of Duty is the only one that Sony's, you know, concerned about. I mean, I know it's the big release title every single year, or it is anyways. But there's a lot more games that they could be worried about in general with it, too. But like I said, just to be worried about Call of Duty, Microsoft is going to have it wrapped up at the end of, you know, not necessarily at the end of the day, but in theory, you know, type of situation that the thing is. They're going to have it wrapped up in a nice little bow by the end of the day. So it's just PlayStation is going to prolong it as long as possible.
2: All right. They'll do whatever they can. They'll make up whatever stupid excuse they can, like a buggy version of Call of Duty, to keep it from going through.
1: Eventually, a judge will see right through that and be like, you know, screw you. That's not going to work that way.
2: Right. Anybody with sense can see that they're just blowing smoke at this point, trying to anything. And that's just not going to work for their side. That's just making them look stupid and petty in front of a bunch of important lawyers and judges and everybody.
1: Yep. Lawyers can only do so much with what they're trying to achieve. So at the end of the day, it's going to be up to the judge, and the judge is going to be like, I, I don't see anything wrong with it in all actuality. Right. All oh, right. Nintendo President of America says that Zelda has a $70 price tag, which we already knew about. But, uh, it will prove its price at right. when the game releases.
2: Right. So Doug Bowser basically said that like i said, it'll prove its price. It'll justify its $70 price. But he did have a uh, question air meeting with investors this past week. And what he said was, "We t- we look at what the game has to offer. I think fans will find this an incredibly full, deeply immersive experience. The price point reflects the type of experience that fans can expect when it comes to playing this particular game. This isn't a price point that we necessarily have on all of our titles. It is a fairly common pricing model either here in Europe or other parts of the world here in pricing, depending on the game itself. So basically, what we've talked about before, that just because Tears of the Kingdom is coming out $70 doesn't mean every single Nintendo IP at this point will come out $70, just depends on the size of the game and how basically how much work and how popular the franchise is. Like Pikmin, it's going to be sixty dollars because it's not as big as Zelda. But me myself, I I agree. I think that I mean this is a sequel to Breath of the Wild, the biggest Zelda game ever made. So this is going to be bigger and have more development time, have more work put into it. Because Breath of the Wild was basically a Wii U game over to the switch mm-hmm. this is a from the ground up yes it's using the same engine as retro but it is from the ground up a switch game so it's bigger they have more understanding of the hardware they can put, fit more into it so i think it is worth 70 dollars. i don't see a problem with that at all i know a lot of people are upset but that's just the price of games with inflation pretty much right now
1: yeah and like. We've mentioned before on the podcast is it seems about every twenty years the game the prices of games goes up. So we're here at the time frame where it went up about twenty years ago. So you know it's been sixty dollars for the past twenty years. I think I believe it was fifty dollars. I mean obviously it's before my time, almost like obviously I wasn't enough to be buying video games that. You know, twenty years ago, I was five. But I mean, I, at the point I was still, I was I started playing them. Right. But you know, obviously wasn't buying them, so you know, didn't really know the price. You know how five year olds are. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things. Of yeah, it's the time where it is time to impre- increase the game. Sadly, but people has a hard time wanting to pay seventy dollars for the. Tears of the Kingdom can easily just do that. Uh, trying to think what it's called the voucher system right. and, you know, get pretty much $130 worth of games for, you know, a hundred bucks. Right. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, they could do that and it'll save them 20, $30 depending on the
1: games they get. I mean, yeah, it'll be a digital copy. So therefore you won't get, you know, any of the collector stuff. But you know, you still get your money's worth out of the game, definitely at that point.
2: Well, yeah. uh, basically right now the way Scalpers bought all the collectors editions, you ain't gonna get it without paying a big price anyway. The collector's edition anyway.
1: Right. You can never they can never uh do that to you with digital copies.
2: It's true. But I'll just get the standard edition if they're gonna be like that. That's right. I was gonna get the collector's edition, but not if
1: they're like two or three years to get the NES Classic and XNES Classic whenever they came out. Yeah, we got ours the same day. We got ours the same day and we waited like it was a year and a half afterwards because at that point people were selling for like 500 bucks.
2: Oh, yeah, it was ridiculous. We got it for $80 and we mm-hmm. wasn't even going there to get it. We just said Walmart was like, oh, they got them in stock and kind of <laughs> told our wives we was getting
1: them. <laughs> That's right all right moving on oh i'm gonna go ahead and hit on that one a little bit longer uh just because uh bowser was questioned about the switch too mm-hmm. and he was pretty silent on the rumors with it
2: right yeah i've seen that too um he just basically i mean obviously he isn't the president of nintendo he's just the president of Nintendo of America would just do the marketing over here. I mean, of course, he would know if it's a real thing, but definitely if he says anything about it, that's his job. So uh they'd definitely fire him in a heartbeat if he leaks the Switch, too. So yeah. staying pretty quiet about it, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, obviously, even if he does know, he can't buy into the speculations without coming under fire.
2: Right, and he can't even hint at it and you got I mean, his body language you know it has to be on par so because if he just smiles you know that'll people will eat that up and make a bunch of rumors just from him smiling at that question
1: oh yeah but yeah he definitely played it all pretty well and pretty professionally with what was being asked because it's a major update slash what would be a leak at that point
2: right and i think we've had way too many Rumors and leaks the past couple of weeks for it not to be a real thing, and I think it is in development. I think it's being manufactured right now with that Nvidia chip that we we've knew we've known for about a year. I believe that that's the chip that was going to be in the Switch too. So I think it's in mass production right now, and it's going to be released probably by holiday next year. I would say.
1: We could only hope. Yep. I hope so. All right. Uh, that was a little extra bonus topic for you guys since yep. it was their way to the same instance, though. Right. Uh, Bayonetta Origins ratings.
2: Yes. Yeah, so at this time, time of recording, it is an 81 Metacritic with 50 positive, 10 mixed, and zero negative. And of course, Bayonetta Origins, it's set before I guess she was a witch and just showing the story of how she became Bayonetta because her real name's Serest or something like that. I think. But anyway, just there's no negative, but the people that are mixed, they're just the only thing I've seen them complaining about is that it just doesn't feel like your typical Bayonetta game, like a hack and slash. It's more Never. of an adventure game. They're comparing it to Zelda, but. What I've seen, it's not exactly like Zelda, but I can see where they're coming from with the Zelda reference. But it's more of an adventure than a hack-and-slash like the Bayonetta franchise is known for. That's the only thing they're really hitting it with. But, I mean, I believe IGN gave it a 9 out of 10. So, I guess it's a pretty good game if you guys want to pick it up and you like adventure games.
1: Yeah, and two more is Open Critic is a 79, and Nintendo Life is surprisingly a 7 out of 10 hmm yeah usually usually nintendo life yeah
2: any game that nintendo comes out with they're like 9 out of 10 10 out of 10
1: yeah because at the lowest
2: end is 8 out of 10
1: yeah so seeing that as a 7 out of 10 from nintendo themselves is still or nintendo i mean not necessarily nintendo themselves but nintendo life critics yeah it's still shocking but, then again, it could be where the comparison in between Zelda is, so they could be Nintendo Life, could be like, oh yeah, they're trying to rip off a bunch of the Zelda, per se. I
2: love those guys over at Nintendo Life.
1: They're funny. <laughs> oh, uh, going back to Tears of the Kingdom, it will not be at PAX East this year.
2: Yeah, so a lot of people were hoping that Tears of the Kingdom will be would be at PAX East because back in 2000, early 2017, I guess before Breath of the Wild came out, it was at PAX East. So you got to play a little demo, mm-hmm. which I believe it was at E3. The it was year before in 2016. So they'd already got to play a little demo. But Nintendo will be there hosting competitive gaming, so maybe like a Smash tournament or something like that, or a Splatoon tournament like that, because it is competitive gaming. But um, nothing to do with Tears of the Kingdom whatsoever. And that really shocked me. I figured they'd have something there. But I think the reason that it, it, they won't be there is around that time, maybe even that same week, they may have a Zelda Direct just around Tears of the Kingdom showing a lot more of it off because it's about to release at that time. and Or be closer to release at that time. And I believe they'll, that's when they'll show the Zelda theme switch.
1: Yeah. Well, also with a grain of salt too, because whenever uh, Breath of the Wild got demoed at E3, it was the first Zelda game of its kind. Right. Here's it, and we expect it to be similar gameplay to Breath of the Wild.
2: Open world for sure.
1: Yeah, open world because I mean Breath of the Wild was first open world Zelda, open world Zelda game. Yeah, so, that's why they yeah.
2: were so eager to get it out there and have people
1: try it. So now you kind of know what to expect, so they don't want to leave out anything until that. That, and it was still in development in 2016, too. At this right. point, it's what completely finished game.
2: Right, it's done. It's, it's, it's already recently. printed out. Yeah, it's just sitting in the warehouse well, waiting to be shipped out.
1: We'll say at this point, it's just not even really fighting with bugs at this point. It's ready to go. Yeah. Like, usually you test until... It releases, but at this point, it's pretty much done and, like you said, just waiting to be shipped out.
2: Right. And Nintendo, they're pretty good about, with their first-party titles, they have complete control over, so not Pokemon. They're pretty good about their first-party titles coming out without hardly any bugs whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, almost all games are going to come out with a day-one update, so to say, But Nintendo looks at it like a lot of people still don't have good, reliable, fast internet. I mean, it's crazy to say that in 2023, but it's true. So they don't rely on internet as much as Sony and Microsoft do. So they're trying to make their games as polished as possible from release. And uh, like not including Pokemon, because that's more Game Freak's fault than Nintendo's.
1: And it's usually not... Casual gamers that break the game—it's usually the speedrunner community that will manage to break the game and bug it out more than anybody else. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah, speedrunners and data miners—I mean, they're taking they can look at the data and the code in the game just to see where the fastest route would be and any glitches or something they could use for speedrunning. We are very pleased to announce our super new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse.
1: Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear, and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance Wars and Arena.
2: New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly, and the meta is always evolving along with campaigns, Blitz, and Arena. There's also Alliance War, a massive weekly alliance battle, raids, and cosmic crucible where you go head to head against other players in a tournament.
1: Marvel Strike Force are enjoying their 6 year anniversary. You know what that means. Free stuff! Just for signing up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins.
2: Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out.
1: We have received a unique promo code for every new user. Please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL.
2: Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring today's episode.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple.
1: But as far as, like, keeping on to PAX East, just because it is a gaming convention, uh, PAX East this year will be in Boston. It'll be the convention and the the exhibition center. I might be able to talk this evening. (laughs) Uh, From March 23rd to 26th, Nintendo will be there. But, like I said, they're not showing Tears of the Kingdom but they'll be joined by other companies, such as uh, Pokemon Company, but they'll mainly be showing a trading card game. Square Enix and XC Games slash Marvelous USA.
2: Not sure who that is.
1: X-speed, no, I haven't heard of... I mean, x and Marvelous USA is pretty much the same company. But, yeah. But yeah. So we got two, I guess, up and coming people, and then the other ones is people that we've known about for years, right?
2: Yeah, Nintendo, like you said, will be their competitive gaming side, say, a Smash or a Splatoon 3 tournament because that's the only so, competitive yeah. games I think they got. And besides, yeah, I think that's it, right? Yeah.
1: So yeah, if you're in the Boston area or want to go there next week, you know when to go now.
2: I'm not too terribly far from Boston.
1: No? Go watch a Celtic game while you're there.
2: Yeah, good. I don't so, got all that money.
1: <laughs> uh, speaking of money, PS5 Pro Rumors...
2: Yeah, uh Insider Gaming is the source. Um, they have confirmed that the PF- PS5 Pro is in development and could release with a release date of late 2024. They later say in this article that this is just the beginning of new hardware coming to the PlayStation this generation because they're talking about they're still talking about that detachable disc drive console so that the detachable disc drive console would probably release later this year yeah and then the PS5 Pro late next year so this kind of has a lot of people mad online because the PS5 has just now become a really abundantly available cuz mm-hmm. you can i mean just in the past since the beginning of year or Christmas, I would say you can just walk in Walmart and get one. And before that you couldn't find one anywhere. So it's kind of has a lot of people mad because they just bought this console and they're coming out with a basically a generation refresh. So got people upset.
1: I mean, granted it has been out for a couple of years, but it's like you said, there's been a shortage up until pretty much around Christmas. So I mean I can understand people's frustration with it, but at the same time as far as it fixing hardware, it's it's about the same time frame when they released the PS4 Pro. So, but granted PS4 was more available than what it was the PS5 was. So train right. assault that. But take up your PS5 Pro and have a chance to be able to stand up vertically without your stuff melting on the inside
2: right but yeah that's kind of what i had here It, it makes sense to have a generation refresh every few years just to update some some things in the system like you said that liquid cooling maybe they'll fix that issue maybe use a different type of liquid metal but uh or just to make the system run quieter Because some of the fans on the consoles are really, really, really loud. Or just to make it slimmer, like they did the PS believe the PS four pro was a little slimmer, and I know the Xbox One S was a lot slimmer than the Dinosaur Xbox One.
1: Yeah. Just a little bit.
2: Yeah. I think (laughs) it was like forty percent. Forty percent slimmer. And it even had the power bank inside the console. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was that much smaller. So definitely uh technology advanced a lot in that time frame.
1: Definitely did. On time Nintendo.
2: Yeah. They're still a few uh decades behind, but they I mean they're decades behind, but they're
1: advanced so
2: at the same time. Like it's it's weird. Nintendo's weird. And I think that's why I like them so much, just because they're just weird.
1: And there's like, yeah, you got to do you. We're going to do us.
2: Right. They don't care. I mean, Sony and Microsoft, they're so comparable to each other the way they do things, but Nintendo's just out there, always has done their own thing. And they don't care. They don't care what people say about them or the other companies, what they're doing. They just do what they do. And they know they're going to sell consoles and sell software, no matter what they do. So,
1: but they, t- they tend to start trends because. Until the Wii came out, you didn't see no motion sensor games, and all of a sudden, the Kinect came out. Uh, the PS4 like movements thing came out, so it was just like, "Oh, okay, we're just going to follow these." But at this point, I think both of them are scared to try the whole entire hybrid system.
0: Yeah, I
2: don't think, I don't think they will. I mean, Xbox. I think eventually they're just going to go to all. Cloud, they're not going to put a console out anymore. They're just gonna to go to put all their games out on the Game Pass and just sell the subscription. You can play that on your browser or the app or whatever. Yeah. But PlayStation, they're always gonna stay the same. I think they're not gonna because they've already done handhelds in the past, the PSP and the PS Vita, and the PS Vita was basically a failure. So I don't think they're gonna try anything in the handheld market anymore.
1: No. Which I mean, the PSP was, I mean, a pretty solid console. It was,
2: it was successful, but the Vita was not. But the not. Vita also released around the same time as the 3DS. So, and this 3DS was a huge success. So, yep.
1: the constant game of who's going to outsell who. True. And you could probably never try to go against a Nintendo with what surely are
2: no, that's for sure. I, unless you're the Wii U, but that was Nintendo's fault for the poor marketing. If they would have marketed it better and oh, yeah. let people know that it was a next gen console, because naming something the Wii and then the next generation being the Wii U, that kind of just sounds like it's uh, a mid generation refresh, basically. So that's it's like a awesome. Wii Pro.
1: Yours. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, and you—I mean, you even connected a Wii Match to it for multiplayer games and everything. So. It was more of a, people thought it was a Wii Pro than a next generation console. So, Nintendo, hopefully they don't make the same mistake with the Switch. And I know they're not going to call it the Switch 2, obviously, but hopefully they market it better and let people know it is the next generation console.
1: The Switch 360.
2: That's right. 720.
1: 720.
2: That's what everybody thought the Xbox One was going to be called, was the 720.
1: I was part of that crowd. I was too. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online has leaked instructions for a link cable.
2: Yeah, so data miners have they've searched and or mined the most recent Nintendo Switch Online update and have found that some games like Metroid Fusion and Mario Kart Super Circuit that used the link cable back on the Game Boy Advance that they're, they still have the functionality for the link cable and it does show images and text for the link cable. But it's not really a surprise because I know they're not on there yet, but the Pokemon series really relied on the link cables to trade Pokemon to from you know one player to another, one game to another. So I'm sure they will eventually put the older Pokemon games on there, red, blue, yellow, you know, crystal, whatever other ones on there. So they will maybe not necessarily have link cables because they can just do it over Wi-Fi, but the game will probably register it as link cable because that's what it was made to do back, you know, early 2000s. So, um, yeah, so that's just Nintendo. I'm sure they'll put their Pokemon games on there and make the link cable work, and it'll probably work for Super Super Circuit and Metroid Fusion for some in-game you know, you might get a little something in the game from it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's something they can get a quick sell out of, but yeah. it is pretty much obsolete in today's market. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think I said, it'll
2: be a physical cable. I'll... They'll just do it over Wi Fi, but yeah. it just shows that they can have functionality between Switch users, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, yeah, it's kind of pointless that they was to put out a physical thing, but then again, they put out a physical thing, people would buy it, just for nostalgia purposes.
2: I mean, honestly, I probably would. I mean, I don't even play Pokemon much, but I'd probably buy it just to test it out.
1: No, yeah. I mean, I've seen Link Cables when we were growing up, but I never had no purpose for them.
2: No, I, I've seen them, too. i never had one. I do have the Link Cables from the Game Boy Advance to the GameCube, that link, either, mm-hmm. but I don't have from console like Game Boy to Game Boy. I don't have that.
1: I believe I had a Game Boy to Game Boy one that I randomly stumbled across, but I never knew what it done.
2: Yeah, basically. I mean, there was other games that used it too, but mostly Pokemon games.
1: Yeah, but then again, I didn't play Pokemon. Right. Grow. I mean, I played a little bit, but not enough. Like, I never owned any games of it. I literally. Just be it on a school bus and be like, "Hey, I got this game. Oh, I got this game." Just yeah. Switch out for a bus trip and switch back at the end of it. Right. So yeah, as far as the link cable goes, it's. I mean, it is what it is. It'd be pretty cool to see one again, but then and uh, attach a switch to a switch would be kind of purposeless.
2: Right, and when you could just do it over Wi-Fi or Bluetooth,
1: but. Like I said, screw screw convenience. Right. What's making extra ten bucks.
2: Ten bucks will turn into you know, That's right. hundreds of thousands of dollars. So,
1: all right, time for one more Nintendo Switch online games for March. You skipped one. Let's skip one. That's what mm-hmm. I've done. That's what order I wanted it.
2: Oh, okay. All right, gotcha. Uh, so the Nintendo Switch Online games for March, Kirby's Dream Land 2, Burger Time Deluxe for Game Boy, Side Pocket for the Super Nintendo, and Xevious for the Nintendo. Kirby Land, I mean, Kirby's Dream Land 2, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of Kirby lately. And it's, I mean, no surprise really. I mean, there's Kirby started off on the Game Boy, so they're just going to release all his games on there. Burger Time Deluxe, I've never played that, but Side Pocket, it's a pool game that came out on the Super Nintendo, and it's a pretty good pool game. It's, I mean, I'm not going to say it's as good as Eight Ball Pool and Mini Clip, but it's not too bad.
1: I was say, if we didn't make the Mini Clip reference, <laughs> who are we? That's right.
2: And then Xevious for the Nintendo. Uh, it looks kind of like Galaga, the old arcade game. So just a, you're in an airplane or spaceship or something just flying through air shooting stuff. So,
1: yeah, that's what I was going to make comparison to, kind of like that, and not quite a Star Fox, but not quite. It Still its own thing from the other one. I can never pronounce it. <laughs> Galaga. 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 Yeah, Galaga. Yeah. I think I played side pocket once, once upon a time. Like, I think Dad had it, surprisingly enough. And I seen it in the attic one time, pulled it down and played it.
2: I never played it, but it looks, I mean, pretty good for a Super Nintendo game. A pool.
1: 16-bit pool? Yeah. Screw <laughs> Mini Clip, I got side pockets. Right. Uh, Kirby Dream Land 2 like you said it's just Kirby's initial release I mean obviously Dream Land 2 is the second game in the series but like you said since Kirby got released on the Game Boy initially they'll they'll probably focus on pretty much all the Kirby's will come out on their respective Game Boy uh, counterparts right Uh, Burger Time Deluxe it's a uh, server game.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So I never I mean, played it. Neither did I. I've seen it before. On like a top ten list of underrated games, I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, from like Watch Mojo. <laughs> so obviously they thought it was a good game.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're pretty alright, guys. I I might trust their word. I'm not going to play it.
1: Neither will I. I mean, I, prob- I, I probably, since it's free, I probably would play it, but as far as, like, would I ever pay for it? No. But I believe that is all the time we have for today, guys.
2: Yep. So follow us on Twitter. Not Yeah, Twitter, Twitch, if you're watching us live right now. Hello. Thanks for following us. And uh, But if not, then subscribe to our YouTube channel, our TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Chat with us on Discord. Join our Discord. Like I say every episode, we love to have you guys part of the community and chat with us. But if
1: you don't want to do any of that, just listen to
2: our podcast and that helps us out a lot.
1: If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. That's
2: right, because we're worth that (laughs) five-star. All
1: right. Thanks, guys. Later.
2: See you guys next week.
1: what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co
0: what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission